When you're getting back into your busy fall routine but still want to make every breakfast count, try Blue Apron's new ready-to-cook meals that offer your favorite fresh quality ingredients ready in minutes. With 60-plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and health-conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card, plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com unique2022. grab a cuppa. In this episode, I'm chatting to Millie Manders from the Millie Manders and the Shut Up. Uh, Millie Manders and the Shut Up, if you are a fan of uh, Inter Shikari, Gwen Stefani, back in the No Doubt days, um, Green Day, Less Than Jake, you are going to love uh, Millie Manders and the Shut Up. She has an incredible uh, voice. Um, we were talking about the new album, which is going to be released in October. The album is called Telling Truths, Breaking Ties. And we're talking about the tracks that have been released so far as well. Silent Screams, Your Story, and the newest one, Bitter. We talk about what those are all about. There's a heavily mental health themed tracks there as well which goes along um, along the lines of what Grab a Cup is also about and it's um, the music they provide it's a mixed genre really if you like your punk your ska a little bit of uh, pop there then you are going to love Millie Mundus and the Shut Up um, so we're talking about uh, their releases as I said but also uh, this this lady is incredibly talented she plays the saxophone the ukulele and also the 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 other band members as well are extremely talented. They go well uh, together and it's just an incredible... It was an incredible chat and I learned a lot from Millie Manders herself. We touch a lot on uh, the... Uh, rock and Metal community as well. And uh, But yeah, I'm going to just give you a little bit of a trigger warning. There is a mentions of rape there is mentions of sexual abuse so just a heads up um that if you are easily triggered please do n- just listen with caution or do not listen uh this is me chatting to millie manders uh, from millie manders and the shut up and we are talking about the new album so I just wanted to ask you about the new, uh, you know, about the new album, and uh, you yep. guys really like, yeah, released um, the first song was "Silent Screams." Yeah. Yes. So I personally, on a uh, mental health, uh, you know, side of things, uh, I can really resonate with that myself, going yeah. through all those different things, and I as a person I feel like that's uh, spoke spoken to me it's like you were singing my song oh bless you 
but I would like to, obviously you can say as much as you want or as less as you want. How, like, how difficult or how easy was that to write and to share your life experience with the, the word, <laughs> the world musically and personally? So the song was really easy to write because it was, um, it was part of, part of it was a dream. So it's literally uh, lyrically writing down a dream um, that was connected to my suicidal thoughts and things. Um, so writing it was easy, sharing it was more difficult. <clears throat> um, and no matter how many times I talk about my struggles with mental health and talk about how it's important for us all to have a way to express it and work through those emotions. It doesn't get any easier to do it. So I know that when I'm saying to people, you know, try and reach out, try and talk, I know how difficult that is. And um, as I say, it doesn't get any easier sitting there and going, yeah, this year I, I didn't want to be here anymore. You know, it, it does, it's, it's a really hard thing to articulate. It's a really hard thing to do. So yeah, writing the song was cathartic in a way um, and singing it is still cathartic. Listening to it's cathartic, but sharing it with the world was m much more difficult and was a, a really scary prospect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, were you like dead sure that that's the first one you wanted to release? Or were you, did you have your doubts? Maybe it's not the, the right one to release. Or maybe um, it was just like, yes, I'm dead set on that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's always really difficult to decide. If you're going to do a series of singles, it's always really difficult to decide on which one you're going to put forward first because that's going to be people's first impression of that body of work. Um, and I decided that I wanted to do that and then release a really poppy one, which was your story. Um. I, I don't know, there was just, there was a real gut feeling about it when we were talking around it and stuff. It was much more of a gut feeling. And it just so happened that it coincided with lockdown happening that week and everything else. So it, become, it became a much more relevant song and release timing than we ever thought it would. Um, but as I say, it was, it was a gut feeling that that yeah. had to be the first single from the album. Do you always trust your guts or is there something inside of you that's always like maybe my gut was wrong in the past? And is there that, that self-doubt in yourself sometimes as a person? There's, there's always self-doubt. There's always a battle going on in the brain. Mm. Um, and generally speaking, when I don't follow my gut, it goes badly. Yeah. So, and I have not followed my gut several times yeah. and it has not been a good story so um i try to as a person myself it's like i'm always doubting everything that i do you know uh professionally uh personal life but then mm. it's always that feeling of like i'm going to follow my gut and then if something goes wrong when i followed my gut i get i feel guilty that i followed my gut okay so it's, it's always like I'm having this constant battle with myself as a person, you know, like, am I a good friend? Am I a good mother? Am I a good, uh, all these different things I've been doing, you know, projects wise. I think, I think that's just human though, isn't it? You yeah. Know, I mean, all of us ha have guilt, all of us, if you're a normal, you know, if you're a well-balanced human being, you're going to feel guilty about 
pretty much everything if something goes wrong um you're constantly feeling responsibility for yourself and for other people um and again it, it's one of those battles that we're always going to have and especially as people who are anxious or depressed that battle becomes tenfold um and i think the only thing we can do is make a decision based on what we believe is right for ourselves and for the people around us mm-hmm. aim not to hurt anyone and then if something does go wrong at least we can honestly say to ourselves well I tried to do what I thought was best for the situation at the time you know mm-hmm. easier said than done but it, it I is guess it's a mantra that we need definitely definitely it is I you know it's it's all it's always giving the best advice but not following your own advice yeah you know and I, <laughs> I said that to so many people and they're like you're right and it's just like yeah and then when something happens to me and I'm like oh maybe I should follow my own advice and I'm like oh I'm just almost the most stupid person in the world why should I follow my own advice <laughs> you know but that's how that is how um you know anxiety and depression talks uh if you had a voice that's exactly what you would say in a way do you know what I mean yeah and uh, so I guess when uh, you know talking about uh, silent screams and the the lyrics I um uh, I could relate to it you know because I've been there and so have thousands of people that aren't as outspoken about it as myself and yourself uh but I just wanted to uh you know i guess to know how difficult it was like you know you just answered the question but how uh, how it was to sort of like right this is what's going in my head i'm going to put it down to paper and have a plan and yeah it's difficult to talk about these things but we need to and uh, yeah and the yeah. less to, the less taboo it becomes the easier it will be for people to start talking about it because it'll just become normal that it's okay to talk about what's going on in your head you know yeah um tell us about your uh, your story now your story okay. as the song your story now yeah uh i heard that it was about uh an instagram story now i don't know how true that is so mm-hmm. what's that all about can you tell me i'm very curious <laughs> so it's not about it's not about a specific instagram story it's more about so I had quite a short-lived relationship that where the person I was with unbeknownst to me at the time was very much in a rebound. So they were um, projecting all of these emotions onto me, telling me how much they wanted to be with me and all the rest of it. And I, I find it very difficult to, um, to connect with people. And with this particular person, they, it's unfortunately I fell into what they yeah. were telling me and I believed it. Um, and of course, I, I had fallen into it before uh, I realised what was happening. Um, and it's, it's about having that relationship collapse around your ears and seeing them on Instagram. Yeah. And being like, they're so happy, basically. They're happy. They've, uh, you know, they actually got back with their ex a couple of months later. Um, and it's that kind of... <sighs> that sick feeling you get when you see somebody that you really, really like on the Instagram story, they're absolutely bloody loving life. And you're just like, I'm really broken right now. And that's yeah. unfair. And I so get it, that, it's, yeah. you know, 
so it's inspired by by that um most of my songs are in, inspired by one uh moment in time or another of course yeah um and that was that was that particular moment so yeah i um how you know with the music video itself like obviously mm-hmm. you are telling the story you know uh, what's yeah. what happened and stuff like that but you know the ideas for the music videos you know when you're writing the song does it like an image come into your head and you think right this could be this and that could be that or is it like a different uh so when i'm writing the songs i'm just writing the songs um yeah and developing the songs and making sure they they have everything in them that i want to articulate um for the projection of that moment um, but when it comes to thinking about the videos, I, I'm often very fixed on what I want to see on a screen. Oh, okay. Um, and sometimes those ideas, um, are able to be created exactly as they are in my head. And other times they have to be adjusted and fitted into a simpler motif or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, I'm the one that's coming up with the majority of the ideas and kind of directing the visual side of yeah. it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you can, you know, there are certain, with bands, there are certain music videos that don't really fit the lyrics. You know, it's like, well, we need to do a music video. And then that's just, you know, three and a half minutes of nothing, you know, yeah. just singing. But I um, I really like that. Yeah, I really like that idea that you've already, you know, you've got your, your set in what you want to do. And then that's, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and also now we move on to the new one, Bitter, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I have like proper foggy memory. Okay. So I just goes like in and out like <laughs> Bitter, which is coming out this Friday. It is, yeah. Bitter's ah. out this Friday. I'm very, very excited. Very about excited that one. about it. I love it. But can you uh, tell me a little bit more behind the uh, behind the lyrics and the what's that all about? Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty tragic with relationships this is a different relationship Um, so this one has got a lot of anger and literal bitterness behind it Um, the person that I focused on to write it initially um, did some things that put my entire life to ground zero and I had to build my entire life back up from ground zero um this one's hard to talk about um and in a lot of ways I'm still not over Mm -hmm. what I had to go through in terms of what they did of course um but it's also there's some inspiration for other people in there because while this person did not um sexually abuse Mm -hmm. me Okay, that's very important that I get that out there. He did not sexually abuse me and he was not violent towards me, though I have experienced that. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people in the music industry who have been abused sexually by other people in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And I have been touched inappropriately Mm -hmm. um, by people in the music industry Mm -hmm. um, and people that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's... still very very relevant in our industry today and i'm not going to call anybody out i'm not going to sit here and and name names because i protect the people of course have spoken to me in confidence Mm -hmm. and i'm also not going to do a trial by internet ever 
no. because I really don't believe in that either. If, if no. victims want to go to people and, and talk to them and ask for justice, then that's up to them. Mm-hmm. But even that process is still a very scary one. Um, quite a lot of victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also got the added other side of it where there have been a lot of cases where people have falsified mm-hmm. um, attacks and information. So the song is for, and again, it's cathartic for me to release some anger about my life being completely destroyed and the buildup since then. Mm-hmm. But it's also um, a bit of a message to people that just because somebody hasn't called you out on it mm-hmm. doesn't mean there aren't other people that know exactly who you are and what you have done. Exactly. Um, so we've done a charity, uh, a raising money for charity every single, and this mm-hmm. one's not going to be any different. And this time with the limited edition merchandise, we're putting five pounds from every sale to the survivors trust mm-hmm. who um, look to take care of survivors of sexual uh, abuse and rape. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, yeah, I had a look at the poster this morning. Uh You know how great your house looks and smells when it's just been cleaned? So fresh. And somehow, a clean house makes your head feel fresher too. With a housekeeper from Care, you can reset your house and your head as often as you like for less than you think. Find a great housekeeper, set a schedule that works for you, and check cleaning off your to-do list so you can put your mind to other, more fun things. Get the housekeeping help you need at care.com. I'm getting complaints that someone on the team smells really bad every day. How do I address that? Talk to Bambi. So one of our employees just reported sexual harassment, and I don't even have a policy on how to deal with this. What do I do? Talk to Bambi. One of our people never shows up when they're supposed to. What are my options? Talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. HR managers can easily cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Start your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate visit bambi.com slash assistant right now spelled bam com slash assistant and uh, that's a great thing to do uh, i too have been there mm-hmm. and uh it's made me realize that it's my dreams and no one no, it's no one's right to uh bring me down and to uh i don't know shatter my dreams it's up to me to uh carry on and if it doesn't work doesn't work at least i tried and Mm. that's uh it's going back to the gut feeling you know (laughs) and the self-blame and it's always like yes i'm gonna doubt myself i'm gonna think that most horrible person in the world yes it happens with depression i have clinical depression and i know that i should work with it rather than against it i know that now um but yeah i totally get where you come from with this industry is bloody hard yeah it's bloody hard and i bet that uh for yourself as an artist as well it must have been really hard to sort of like break through you know like look at me i'm an artist i'm talented Mm -hmm. rather than 
you know, I'm just a woman in the band. Is that right to say? Oh, gosh. I mean, if we're going to talk about um, that kind of side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think there's a, a female in the industry that you could talk to who wouldn't say that they have felt like they needed to not only be good at what they do, but be better than every other guy around them mm-hmm. um, because they are undervalued because the guy is instantly seen as a more valid person, especially in like alternative music. Absolutely. It's getting better. We know it's getting better, but actually, um, and this, is, this isn't a, a dig at, the, at of um, anybody and it's, it's certainly not a, a bitterness thing for me, but it seems that um, either a guy band or a fully female band will get all of that attention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got this like, it's awesome. We've got this massive wave of like um, all girl punk bands and all sorts of stuff happening. And it's amazing because it's getting all of this women attention, but it means that I, I feel like a lot of us who are just female fronted or Mm -hmm. there's a couple of females in the band kind of get missed out. We kind of Mm -hmm. fall through the cracks on both sides of it. And we still have to try and be better than everybody else around us. So it's a constant battle. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's draining. It's really draining. It's really hard. Um, but from all sides of the industry is hard. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a prime example. My tour manager was standing in the crowd (laughs) just before we went on stage at a festival and he happened to overhear a conversation from two guys standing fairly close. Um, and one of them was a fan of our band and he'd brought his friend and his friend turned around and said, Oh, effing hell, not another woman that thinks she can be a punk singer as I came on stage. And you know, that's not an uncommon it is not preconceived it's not idea that because I'm a woman going out onto stage to sing alternative music, oh no, not another woman that thinks she can do this, you know? By the end of the set, he said, okay, you've sold me. She's really, really good and all the rest of it, which was great. You know, that's a, that's a great boost and it's fantastic that somebody brought somebody along and has changed their mindset. But there's so many people that still have that mindset and it's not just men. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are plenty of too. women. Yeah, absolutely, um, 100%. Yeah, and you know, I'm so grateful that I know so many strong women in the industry mm-hmm. and I am friends with strong women in the industry who are in brilliant bands that I can rely on to lift each other up. But there are also plenty of women, mm-hmm. both in the crowd and in the industry, that tear each other down. And it's it's, it's sad really to see. Sad. It's, it's really another sad battle that we're yeah. kind of trying to get through all of the time, you know? So there is this fires on all sides. But equally, I still get to do everything that I really love. You know, I get to go and run around and bounce about on stage. And I've got four band members that are some of the best friends you could ever have in a van that have my back all of the time that are brilliantly creative. And I get to meet people all over the country and in Europe and make friends everywhere all of the time. And I guess it's taking something, yeah, it's taking something that can be quite negative into something quite positive. And that's what it's all about. But sometimes it's just so, so hard. You know, you've got those, I like to call them, uh, you know, the bastards in your head. Where they're telling you, (laughs) honestly, right? They're telling you like that you're not good enough and this and that and the other. Even though like half a million people could be telling you you're the best thing in the world. But there's that one person. 
into yeah. people that say oh you know whatever hurtful thing that they can think of and- um- it's not just you know it's not just in your head there is a lot of those negative things we've just spoken about that are very very Mm -hmm. real um and those conversations still need to happen in order to create more transparency of the issues in the industry um, and to educate people and start making it easier for everybody to just be who they are to create good music and for music to be recognized as whether you know as good music you know and celebrated for that um, the demons in our head is a whole nother battle kind of worms yeah as well yeah. yeah as well as that absolutely yeah. but you know as you know when we're talking about strong women is there like someone that you as growing up that you've always you know looked up to could be a woman could be a man whatever you know oh my god yeah I mean like in my life as in like close to me or musically because musically yes there's several strong female vocal artists who I've always um, had as my inspirations. So we've got Skin from Skunk and Nancy. Yes. Um, Gwen Stefani. Yes. <laughs> Aretha Franklin. Um, Dolores from the Cranberries. Yes. So, you know, and all of these women are very unique. They're very powerful, strong women who have always been opinionated and been who they are for, for what they are. Um, Pink is another yeah, one absolutely so yes very much so those those are probably the five that i would say are my top vocal artists who i've always looked up to because they're so unique so powerful and so like i don't give a holy oh absolutely what you think of me i'm gonna be you can me. swear if you like it's not a problem <laughs> don't, hold, it, don't, don't hold your f's don't hold your f's it's fine it's yeah i mean Honestly, growing up, I was obsessed with Gwen. I think uh, I was just like obsessed with with everything that she did. And she always said, I'm one of the boys. And that's exactly what I was like growing up. I I was always one of the boys and I wanted to be like her. (laughs) So growing up for you, it was like, when was the moment that you decided, oh my God, I want to be in the band, I want to sing? Um... I've been singing since I was in my high chair, if you ask my mum. So I've been singing my whole life. But the turning point when I really wanted to actually take it up as a, an instrument, an actual instrument, um, I was 15. And yeah. it was uh, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, wow. Okay. That made me want to do it. Because uh, at 15, I could hit all of the highest notes in, in Phantom of the Opera as the female part. Um, and my mum heard me singing it in my bedroom and she was like, would you, would you like some singing lessons for your 16th birthday? I was like, yeah. Oh, wow. And it, it just, it went from there really. So I never looked back. That is pretty cool. Have you ever had, had any uh, like shit jobs in the past? <laughs> God, yeah. I have. <laughs> you first. I mean, I've worked for, <laughs> let's see, I've, I've worked for McDonald's. Um, and been a manager on a drive-through and getting blackheads on my arms from the fryer. Um, I, I mean, I can't say they were really shit jobs. It was just jobs that I really didn't want to be in, and they just were had to do it, yeah, and hard. I flyered at seven o'clock in the morning um, on freezing winter mornings at, at, on London Bridge in order to get through university with my feet actually hurting with the cold and I've worked in retail and been a manager on Oxford street and a store manager in, in Essex. And 
I was a manager at Topshop for a while, Shoe, um, and it's not, I mean, Shoe is a brilliant company to work for. Um, so, and, and McDonald's even has fantastic people management training. Um, it's just, so you just know when it's not your calling. It's just, it's not, it wasn't me. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to, I wanted to be doing music. There was, there's only one vocation that's ever really given me any passion and that's been music. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you do it very well. Thank you. <laughs> you do it very well. Were you always, um, I, I you're from South London, aren't you? Um, so originally sort of half and half actually i was yeah. born in london yeah um i spent my youth up to late teens in norfolk and suffolk yeah and i spent 18 years in london so i'm a mutt i'm sort of east coast and london yeah um but yeah most of my adult life was in london it's kind of a difference of though you know like yeah, culturally mm, yeah uh, how did that feel for you yeah. How was that like? Uh, well, I moved out of my mother's house at 17 to go and live yeah. with my dad and love my dad, but I hadn't lived with him for a long time. So I was very homesick oh. to start with. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was 19, I was living on pretty much on my own. Um, I'd moved out of my dad's. So it was hard and I had to grow up really fast and I had to learn to budget and get jobs really, really fast. Mm, um, I know the feeling. Yeah, uh, so it was tough, but I'd always wanted to be in the city and it suited me very well. <laughs> yeah. um, and I live in a city now. I couldn't live in like the back end of nowhere. So Norwich is, is still a city. It's a little city and I call it a village. Mm-hmm. But if anybody actually tried to put me in a village, I would kick off. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I should just move to the countryside but then I'm just like no because I'd miss the hustle and bustle yeah you know the whole like I love the in a way I love the alternative scene you know when it comes to going to gigs and uh going to uh, meet new bands and uh, chat to people that immediately our uh, we have some something in common which is music yeah. you know, it's like as soon as I get into a gig um I'd just be like, you. obviously you instantly have something in common with all these different people. Yeah. So I, when it comes to anxiety as well, like I go to supermarket, I feel incredibly anxious and I can't cope with all the people. But if I go to a gig where there's a lot more people and we're squashed in, I feel at home. That's really weird. <laughs> that is really bizarre. Um, but I get that, like uh, a little backstory. I, uh, well, I was born in Portugal and basically I, um, I lived in a very, very rural place where there'd be like maybe 2000 people and that was it. Um, and, <laughs> and then I, uh, moved when I was 17 to London and it was okay. crazy absolutely crazy and i moved to tottenham yeah of all places uh, mm-hmm. i lived just around the corner from uh, tottenham court and it, yeah it was a bit crazy and then i moved to brixton and then to leeds where i am right now um so it was like a cultural shock absolutely crazy but then i got used to it and i i loved it i absolutely loved it and then moving to Leeds was a little bit difficult because Leeds back in the day were just so tiny. 
um you know when like the bus service stops at 10 o'clock at night and just like what where in london you can get a bus at whatever time or it's just that was probably one of the biggest transitions for me moving <laughs> to norwich was the fact that walking around town at six o'clock in the evening and everything's closed and buses to go anywhere other than the city center were like i mean even in the city center it's like every 20 minutes or something and finishing at 11 at night and i'm just like I like tubes. Tubes are every three minutes. Why aren't there any tubes here? Yeah, absolutely. Where, where are the night buses? Where are the night buses. I want to go out. We just decide yeah. like to. It's one o'clock. I so, said, oh, I'm going to go out. But again, like I mean, you'd have the occasional like gig midweek in Norwich, but gigs. Obviously, for the last year, that's just not happened. Yeah. But, you know, gigs generally Friday and Saturday nights, and it's not like it's, it rages on until four o'clock in the morning. It's like the, the place might be open until one or two. Um, there's a print, there's a, a street called Prince of Wales, but I am never going there to go. <laughs> Even if someone paid you. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. So okay. it's, it's just such a, a weird transition, isn't it? To, to suddenly be, it, it, that's why it feels like a village to me because you can walk across the city centre in under an hour. Um, in fact, you can walk from pretty much the outskirts of Norwich across in about an hour and a half. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a tiny city and it, it was a real adjustment. Now it's been three and a bit years since yeah. I moved here and I, you know, I'm, I'm much happier now. I'm finally settling into the idea that actually I'm, I'm cool here. I've got good friends. I've got a really good support network and I've got a garden You've got a garden. I've got, a, I've got, a, yeah, it's a community garden and it's lovely. And I get to see squirrels feeding in the morning and I feed the hedgehogs at night. And, and yet I can still go and get a train two hours away and into London, yeah. you know. So actually, I'm all right with this kind of city. This kind of city is nice. <laughs> that's really cool actually how yeah. is, uh, how is it like for you, like growing up, like, you know, school and stuff like that? How was that like? I hated school. Same. Um, mainly because I was I was quite heavily bullied throughout my my schooling. I didn't. I I moved quite a lot. Um, Same. So I had I was in two different middle schools and two different high schools, and then I moved to London to to do college. Um, where I grew up was quite wrapped with problems. Lots of child pregnancies. Lots of mm-hmm. drug taking. It was a quiet town where there wasn't a lot to do. I did have some good friends and I've still got a couple of people that I'm in contact with since, you know, early, like late primary, early, early middle school. Um, But yeah, I mean, one of the biggest reasons I moved to London was because I didn't want to become trapped in those things, you know, the shoplifting, the drugs, the kids. (gasps) (laughs) I guess that. Yeah, so I- Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Yeah, run away. 
run away, run away. yeah yeah you did the right thing <laughs> here we are you know yeah here yeah. we are <laughs> now i have a cat and i'm cool with that yes i love my cat yeah how long have you had your cat for what's the date today it's the fifth i have officially had her for two months oh how's she settling two months today oh she is the most beautiful adorable affectionate absolute sop she like if i pick her up she'll just lie in my arms like she doesn't struggle i have a i walk her on my lead on her lead okay um so yeah because she was supposed to be a house cat um but they said she could be out on a lead as long as i was with her she's just got no street right. sense or anything like yeah she she met a dog yesterday and had oh. absolutely no fear because she didn't even know what a dog was, you know? Like, oh. like, <laughs> yeah, I she's have, absolutely Yeah, I have you a meet her? as well. Oh, is she there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. She's beautiful. Hang on. I'll just grab her because she was about to run away. But <laughs> there we go. She's beautiful. This oh, is Matty. She, oh, well, okay so the rescue center yeah said that she's like three or four but yeah acts and stuff i don't think she's much older than maybe one are you trying to go right. to sleep? i woke you up didn't i my yeah uh, my cat just turned Look, four. she's got i mean a, above one years old would not do this i picked her up because she was asleep yeah she's falling asleep straight again away again in my arms you know, you'd be surprised Such because my cat does that and he's four. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. He's four years old. He's the sweetest thing. You know, like I was a little bit apprehensive at first. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to bring this thing home. It was like um, 18 months when I picked him up from a flat. Um, the guy was moving now because he'd broken, uh, you know, broken up with his missus and he's working yeah. nights and stuff like that. So I brought him home and uh, he's the sweetest thing. He's called Oscar. Um, Oscar's a great name for a cat. He really is. He's called Oscar, and I trained him to come when I whistle. Oh, cute! <laughs> so if he's Matty, yeah, Matty comes to come on in. There you go. Hello. Oh wow, she's just looks like you found a best friend there. She is. She is absolutely my best friend. And then I got her two months ago. And since I got her, she's slept on my bed on the pillow next to me yeah. or like next to me on the duvet. And last night she decided she, when I went to bed, she was going to stay on my couch. Honestly, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I still couldn't sleep. And then she came and lay next to me and I was instantly like, I feel okay now. I, I feel like I'm okay. Yeah, I was, uh, I've been called therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. Been going through a little uh, tough time, you know, with everything that's been going I on. And, and then I was just like, my cat knows when I'm upset and he lays on me, on my legs. Yeah. He knows and he meows. He meows when he's hungry sometimes, but when any of us is upset, he meows because he knows, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, I don't like cats. Well, I don't like most cats, but there's always that, you know, when you find a friend, you know, furry yeah. friend, and it's just that feeling that you do anything for him. And like, I do everything and anything for him just the same as I would do for my children. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, she's totally yeah. my baby. 
Absolutely. And it's so cute to see. And there's a She's foot- currently at my feet fi- at my feet begging for belly rubs. <laughs> um there's a, f- a funny fact about my cat is a uh, polydactyl. What? Oh shit, oh my god. Have they got loads of toes? <sighs> <laughs> His um, front two paws, yeah, he's, uh, he's got, like, his thumbs. I love so. cats that are polydactyls. They're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> they I look like they can actually hold your hand. Like, yeah. But he's got, uh, he's got sharp nails. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you not clip them yourself? No, I'm scared he might attack me. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't, but I guess. <laughs> They're so cute. I don't think like I always wanted to have a dog or whatever, but then I don't think I would because he's just like he's so placid and yeah. And they're independent. I love cats because they're just so independent. Don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to take <laughs> to take Oscar for walks because he just goes and does it himself. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also just like they don't need attention all of the time. No. I mean, Matty loves attention, but if I if I stopped stroking her right now and didn't pay her attention for like a few minutes, she'll just go back to her little furry bed and that'll be, you know, she's like, whatever. Yes, did, I'm talking about you. <laughs> did you have any pets before? Yes. Oh, yeah, I've, I've had yeah. pets in my whole life as well. I, it's actually um, until Matty was the longest time that I haven't had pets in my life. And yeah. that was like five years. And that was a painful five years because I, I just, I love having a being around the house, you know? Do you have so. someone to take care of, uh, take care of her when you go back on tour? Well, fingers crossed and everything. Oh yeah. I mean, I've got several friends who would definitely oh, look after her for me, come and cat sit. Or there's actually a cat sitting service in Norwich that you can oh, cool. pay to come to your flat every day to spend oh. time with the cat and feed them and everything. So I wouldn't have to put her into a cat hotel cause I don't, I don't like them particularly. Um, but going on holiday, I'm going to my, you know, I'm going to go and see my dad tomorrow and Catty's co- and Matty's coming with me. Yeah. And we're going to go for walks on the beach. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be strange though. <laughs> well, it'll be her first time seeing a beach. So. But... I don't know how she's going to deal with water. She loves water. Like really? she loves water. I'm not even joking. Like the first time she saw the shower, she tried, she was trying to catch it with her mouth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like that and like pouring at it and then wondering why it wasn't in her paw um she plays with the taps all of the time i've taught her to um double tap the tap if she wants me to turn it on um so she that's does that so cute if i every time i have a shower she'll sit next to me um or if i get out of the shower she jumps in there afterwards after i've cleaned it out and everything and then she'll lick the water out of the bottom of the bath um, why not if she uh if she's in the bathroom and I'm doing her cat litter. Her cat litter's flushable. Um, oh, okay. It's eco-friendly. Um, it's yeah, made it out of, I think it's maize. So it's a grain. Oh, okay. So that goes into the toilet and she'll watch me flush it. She's obsessed by watching oh, the okay. flush going down. Yes, I'm still talking about you. <laughs> Talk about cats she's, all day. She's literally like... Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, with, with Oscar, it's like I call his name and he's just like... Hmm? Yeah. Is that me? Yeah. You know, so it could be like across the street. We live in a cul-de-sac. Okay. So it could be like at the bottom. We've got like a crazy cat lady mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom of the street. She feeds 
whatever you know what i mean all stray cats stray dogs foxes whatever i want to see a fox we have loads it's crazy but i tell you what foxes yes they're beautiful i just like when i can't sleep i just outside outside and watching them and stuff but the noises they make oh i know it's like it's like it's like children being murdered yes like i actually remember the first time I experienced that was when I, I hadn't been in London for very long. I think it was about 18. And I honestly thought that a baby was being murdered outside mm-hmm. my window. And I was so scared and yep. so distressed. And I'm looking out of the window trying to find out what the hell is going on. Yep. And it was a pair of foxes. And I was just like, how? Like, that's a hellish noise for an animal to make. Literally, it sounds like hell outside your window. Like, the worst thing is where I live, there's like a, a little like a passageway, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> uh, from one side one side of the uh, you know this area to the other side where the bus stops are whatever and um and i thought oh my god like that noise it sounded like someone was being you know hurt and i'm like what do i do do i call the police i thought oh my god like you know then mm-hmm. i just like no it's foxes it's fine <laughs> that is mental like <laughs> <laughs> again yes. going from like a rural place obviously in portugal is very different because of the climate yeah, so yeah. you know i'd never seen i'd never seen squirrels i never seen snow oh, wow. right so when i uh, moved to london i seen snow for the first time i seen foxes squirrels and all this stuff and i'm like what is this yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely crazy and then alien creatures yeah yeah absolutely it's mental absolutely mental <laughs> Um, and I was just thinking about like uh, you know your band like did you start performing solo before the band or was it um, having yeah. the yeah is that correct yeah yeah and then what was the decision uh, I always wanted to be in a band and I always yeah. wanted to do um, what I'm essentially doing now yeah um but the decision to go solo was actually a legal battle with a previous record company under a different band name. Yeah. Um, and that band dissipated because of that. Um, and so did the fan base. So I went solo and started to write songs to begin with, with my previous guitarist. Um, and then when I picked up the ukulele, I started to write songs for myself and songs that were more resonant for me with the kind of style that I wanted to go with. Of course, yeah. Um, and then I toured a little bit with just the guitarist. Um, and then I was like, look, I, I want to be in a band. I, I want to get yeah. more punky again. I don't want to do this acoustic stuff. And he wanted me to stay sort of acoustic pop. So mm-hmm. the um, disparity between mm-hmm. the wants meant that we kind of parted ways, which was fine because we're still friends. Of course, um, but I started thing. to seek out session musicians at that point. Mm-hmm. So my first two or three tours, I was actually using session musicians to be the band and going into rehearsal rooms and being like, well, this is what I envisage mm-hmm. this song to sound like. So um, it built from there and I started to get permanent band members after that. That's good. Um, so one person in the band has been with me for five years and that's Alex, the drummer. Yeah. Dom, the sax, trumpet, synth guy, he has been with me for three years now. Multi-talented and so talented at every instrument. It's sickening. Um, I'm very jealous. I can't play anything. Oh, but seriously, that boy. 
Like he makes me sick how talented he is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, then we've got James who has now been in the band for a year and a half. I want to say maybe it's a year, year and a half probably. And then George has been in the band since last September. So it's coming up for a year now for George. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So why, why the shut up? Uh, that's Alex. <laughs> um, Alex, our drummer, uh, is Italian. And uh, he used to say, shut up, quite a lot about things that he either thought was sounding funny or that he couldn't believe or, you know, just, it, you know, it's just one of those kind of coined phrases that you just say all of the time. That was Alex. And then we all started saying it because we all thought it was really funny. <laughs> um, and then when we got asked what the band was called, because um, one of the people that we know on our scene was like, well, now that you've got a permanent band, Millie, you can't just be Millie Manders. You have to have a band name. like A band name. So yeah, Shut Up was kind of like a natural <laughs> thing for us. Um, and then I decided it was going to be one word because I just wanted to be different and spell it wrong. Yeah, so, I spell yeah. it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is pretty cool, actually. That's kind of a funny story. Yeah, Shut yeah. Up. Yeah, although people still spell it as two words all of the time. Um, so perhaps my one word thing was uh, a poor choice. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is now. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just going to blame everyone else for spelling it wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, obviously. Uh, <laughs> how was it like going on stage for the first time as Millie Manders and the Shut Up? Oh God, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, Kat. It's, I don't remember the first gig. Sorry, it's, I have a guest. <laughs> that's okay. I think it's been a couple of years already. Yeah. I mean... I was like the, the feeling of like stepping there for like the first time as, you know, you in I, your band. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, not, you know, um, we've had transition changes since then. It's, yeah, of course. You know that now... For the entire entirety of the, the last year, I have had a secure team of people around me who Must are be. trustworthy, who are creative, who are supportive of me, of what I do, but of each other as well. Yeah. Um, and so that feels good. And that was what I was aiming for. And it's that's taken good. all of this time to get to. But I now feel like that's what we have um so that is that's the most amazing thing is that it actually feels like a team now that's pretty good though yeah now, tell me about supporting less than jake oh the fireball tour yeah, yeah. god that was oh my god goldfinger less than jake and save ferris all on the same bill and i know dream lineup and then yeah and then we opened the show for that it was scary as hell I bet um I felt like my heartbeat was trying to escape out the front of my throat <laughs> yeah I bet um I felt sick but it was the most incredible thing I could not have asked for a better crowd to be there at like what was it three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon and there were several hundred people that had come in early loads of our fans were down the front singing for us and it was such a supportive, beautiful atmosphere. And to be part of, I mean, playing that stage. Wow. The, the size of that stage and having all of that room to run around. And there was like a foot or two in front of the monitors to run around. And I was just like, 
oh my god you know like everything about it and I've seen so many legends on that stage as well mm-hmm. like yeah it was a total bucket list the whole thing the fact that we were playing with those bands the fact that I mean it was here's another thing while we were standing there watching less than jake i'm standing with josh from the skints and having a chat with him and his lovely girlfriend and you know that in itself was a really incredible moment for me because the skints are such they're also really influential for me because they're so super talented such lovely people they've never lost their humility yeah um and they're so diy and so hard working and it's worked for them you know they've worked so hard to get where they are but they've got where they are through sheer determination and grit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, oh, and my parents are in the crowd. And oh. my parents hadn't seen me play for years. Yeah. So, yeah, just the whole experience was, I can't even put into words how beautiful that day was for us. Yeah, yeah. It's like I saw, uh, saw the pictures and it looked like you were just in your element. Yeah. Pure you know, joy. Absolutely. Pure joy. Did you go like fangirl mode? <laughs> um, I think I did a little bit with um, Feldy from yeah. Goldfinger. We didn't really get to talk to Less Than Jake. I don't, we didn't really meet them. I think one of the guitarists might have watched some of our set from the side of the stage, but we didn't really get to chat to any um, of the three bigger bands. Um, but I was pretty starstruck, that's for sure. <laughs> so, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I I bet going from like you know like a little um <laughs> stage like mm, give you an example rebellion in manchester is tiny right okay it's very tiny going to to like you know a stage like that yeah yeah that's that is crazy even like honestly like talking about this like i unfortunately wasn't there i wanted to have gone but it clashed with something different that i was doing at the time but also like just talking about and I wasn't even there is making me feel a bit anxious (laughs) I'm just like oh my god like (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly so 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 happy for you thank you that must have been like just you must have been something that you were like dreaming you never yeah yeah it's a true bucket list thing you know it's 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 something that you have on the, the the list of things that you would always hope to do but never really expect to get to have the opportunity so yeah incredible is there like i know i know that happened it was great but imagine like there's someone calls you right now and they say you know you and your band i need you to support me who would that be the ultimate that's hard it is ain't it i know i've had people say that to me before <laughs> i mean there's different bands for different reasons for me in that absolutely obviously skunk and nancy yeah that would just be like oh my god skindred oh yes enter shikari yeah Absolutely. Stand Atlantic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, any if we got to support less than Jake or Goldfinger again or Save Ferris, it would just be like... Absolutely. Dream come true. 
But I get that. If we're, if we're talking like stadium bands, we're talking like Wembley, baby. We're talking oh yeah, Wembley. Like, I mean, if we're talking stadium bands, then for for me, it would be like Skunk and Nancy or Enter yeah. Shikari. Yeah. If we're talking like O2 venue bands, then yeah. Stand Atlantic, Goldfinger, Less Than yeah. Jake, Say Ferris, any of those. Absolutely. Um, Real Big Fish. I would absolutely love to yeah. go on tour with Real Big Fish. They they're so much fun, and they are such nice people. They are a bit um, of a few times. <laughs> and one of my bucket lists is to go on stage and sing She Has a Girlfriend Now. Yeah, I can see that happening, no. actually. Like, that would be, like, right up there, like, being on stage with them and singing that song. You know, the, you, <laughs> you and the guys, uh, who takes the longest getting ready for getting on stage? <laughs> I don't think any of us do, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm a massively lazy person when it comes to stuff. So, yeah. like, I'll have my gig clothes on underneath my tracksuit in the van on the way to the next venue. And I just take my tracksuit off after, just before I go on stage, you know. And I will have done my makeup in the toilet, probably. Or sitting down at a bar, having a beer after our sound check. Like, none of us take a long time to get ready. Um, so, <laughs> we're all a bit sort of... Chilled. <laughs> yeah. Like you know we're going to get into being a really sweaty mess by the end of the set anyway why why <laughs> is there anyone that's a little bit of a diva it's like this is not perfect has to be super perfect i wanted this that and the other i think i'd be the person doing that um and <laughs> not because, reason uh yeah I, I i mean people probably have called me a diva and people have probably thought that i have an attitude problem or um, that I'm difficult to work with um, and it's not that I'm difficult to work with but it is that we have a specific sound we want to get the sound right um, we want to make sure that the set list is going to go well that we're going to have good interaction with our audience we have very specific equipment that we use um, that we like to use if we can depending on the venue specifications of course, yeah yeah um, so there is an element of that from all of us I think. Um, and we are, we all try to be as uh, amiable and polite as possible and to try and work with whoever we're working with. Of course. Yeah. To get a happy medium. If, oh, if we're all on stage thinking, Oh God, there's something that's not right here. But yeah, <laughs> once you get, once you've been touring for a while, you know what you want and you know what you need in order to make sure that your performance is at its best. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess not diva-ish, but we might come <laughs> across occasionally as though we are a diva, I guess, but for the right reason. <laughs> for the right reason. Spend some time with your family throughout lockdown. Well, throughout lockdown. Keeping in touch, obviously, we've not been allowed to see each other physically. Mm -hmm. But uh, have you yeah. been, uh, keep, keep yeah, keeping in touch I mean, with everyone? For the first time in seven or eight years I've been able to actually keep in touch with my family on a really regular basis and see their faces whether it's on um yeah yeah a FaceTime thing or socially yeah, yeah, distanced in town or whatever and it you know not because I neglect my family but because I mm -hmm. tour so much it's much more difficult for me to spend time with them so I have been I taking that. as much advantage as I can mm -hmm. of the situation to be social with my family and, and with my friends so yeah I feel a lot of people have said that during lockdown it's brought them closer to uh, their f friends and family. Would that be mm -hmm. 
something that would apply to yourself as well yeah absolutely I've been able to create better relationships and better connections Mm -hmm. with them as a result because you've got the time to you've got time to yeah (laughs) absolutely how how did like this all like lockdown thing affected the band it hasn't really I mean yeah okay that's good in terms of gigs yeah of course we've had 70 or 80 shows cancelled this year Mm. um tours in Germany um Belgium festivals in Europe as well as the UK a tour in the UK in April um we won't be able to do our album launch when we wanted to in October um so there's plenty in in terms of that but in terms of our fan base and uh staying in contact with people um and having lots going on and you know we've got the we've third single this this week we've i've done a few live streams there's yeah. been really excellent uptake on our limited that's edition good. merch runs so that's really helped as well because all of the money that has come from that has yeah. either gone to charity or it's gone straight into the album fund which has helped us to um well it's helped pay for the vinyls for example that's good um, yeah and we've, we've ordered the cds because the money coming in from the merch sales has helped us do that so yeah we've been really lucky it's been very very difficult for you know uh for artists especially independent artists and signed yep. bands mm-hmm. uh, it's been very very difficult and i can really really appreciate you know how how difficult it has been for a lot of people as well but it's nice it's nice to see that yes you know uh, for yourselves it's been difficult but you just adapted really well to yeah, uh, I, you know, another thing I'm I'm grateful for is that I've always, well, my first degree is in music management, you know, yeah. so it's in business, it's in marketing, um, yeah, and it's it's in people relations, you know. So I'm I'm very grateful that that's something that I have under my belt, and it's just meant that I've had more understanding of how to keep connected to people, I guess. But again having something to talk about and having something to in inverted commas sell I don't like that word in this context but we've had our albums talk about and get pre-orders for and we've yeah. had merchandise associated with the singles and we were really lucky that we recorded three videos in two days two weeks before lockdown that's pretty impressive you know like all of these things just it's like the stars aligned for us to be able yeah. to going through lockdown and not everybody has been that lucky so I am incredibly grateful that we've had that run of luck that has meant that we're able to do this yeah yeah and I I feel like you've you know you guys have chosen the right order of you know of songs to release from this new one because yeah it's for me as um, I'm speaking as like an outsider you know yeah um, as as build up to yeah the first first one silent screams was this and then you've got you know you're the one with the one and it's just like okay i see where this is going i see i can tell almost what I, um what kind of story you trying to tell mm-hmm. you know and as um, as an artist is that a, an objective yeah um yeah we um we had very different plans for the album for how we wanted to create the visuals not for the three videos that we've done but for other stuff i can't talk about because if it does happen i want to keep it under wraps yeah but um <laughs> covid has kind of taken that away but we actually wanted to do a, a, a storytelling and the order of the songs in the album 
tell a story. Um, so we wanted to create something that would tell that story from mm -hmm. start to finish. But obviously that's not going to happen. Um, well, certainly at this point, as yeah. far as we can tell, that's mm -hmm. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, if it does, it'll be amazing. But if it doesn't, there's not a lot we can do about it. Of course, I'll eat your hands. Yeah. Um, so, yes, very much so. Sh long story short, yes, there is a story to be told through the album. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to hear the, the, uh, the whole thing. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Have a nice day. And you, mate. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And also thank you so much to Millie Manders to giving us the time uh, to have a chat with us, uh, grab a cuppa. Really, really enjoyed that. And it just felt like I was just chatting to a friend. And we had <laughs> we had such a good chat about everything and anything. It just felt very natural. Um and also, I hope that you enjoyed that track, Bitter, which is available to buy and download on all platforms as well. Their new album is going to be available in October. And um, also about Bitter, the uh, single artwork is like printed on T-shirts, printed on merch that they are selling. So each from... Um, so five pounds from each sale will be donated to the Survivors Trust UK, uh, like Millie has mentioned. And if you'd like to donate, uh, if you would like to buy the T-shirt as well, and will be you can find all the information on Millie Manders and the shutup.com. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Grab a Cuppa and I've been Kat Ryan. <laughs> Give you, but I'm taking that all back I thought I would forget, but you're the focus of my wrath Everybody thinks you
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.